Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. You know, sounds are important. And for most of us, when our alarm clock goes off in the morning, uh, you know, it's important. You know, whenever you get that little message on your, your phone, it's wah, wah, and you look down at the text and it says uh, that there is an amber alert or a tornado alert. That's important. That's vital that we pay attention to that. Maybe for some of you, it really gets important when you hear that siren behind you, and you're, you're wondering, is it a police? Is it a fire truck? Is it an ambulance? Sounds are important. And I want to talk to you about the most important sound of all this morning, and that's the sound of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, what are you talking about, Steve? The sound of the Holy Spirit. Well, listen to this. In uh, Acts 2, the first couple of verses, it says this, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And then suddenly, suddenly a sound, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were, were at. Now, this morning is Pentecost Sunday. And so we are going to be talking about hearing a new sound. It's actually an old sound, a sound that's 2,000 years old, but it's an important sound that we need to listen for. You know, at Pentecost, the word Pentecost is from the Greek, and it, it simply means 50th. It's the 50th day after Passover. Passover was a Jewish feast. Pentecost uh, was another a Jewish feast. And so the two kind of went together. A lot of times pilgrims would come to Jerusalem and they'd just stay for both. There are a number of words um, that actually are in Jewish or kind of the rabbinical tradition of Shavuot or the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of 50 Days. In the Christian tradition, Pentecost really is all about the coming of the Holy Spirit, the sound of heaven breaking in to us. And so this, this morning, I want to talk to you about the sound of heaven. I want to talk to you about our birthday, if you will, of the church at Pentecost, our birthright of the power of the Holy Spirit as followers of Jesus. You know, so this message is going to be entitled, 50 Days that changed the entire world. Let me give you a little bit of context. The beginning of those 50 days was at the cross. The culmination of those 50 days was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So we start at the cross, and virtually everything starts at the cross. Have you ever wondered why so much time in Scripture is given to that last week of Jesus' life? Well, it's the culmination of everything that he came to earth for, and as Jesus is on the cross, he's there for six hours. And during that time, he had seven different sayings or words that he gave. The first one was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He realized his whole purpose for coming to earth was to offer forgiveness for us, to usher in his new covenant, to bring grace into our lives, and that the Holy Spirit might come to live inside of us. The last two sayings that Jesus uh, had on the cross were, it is finished, meaning everything that he had come to accomplish and really bringing the old covenant to its designated end was finished. 
in the bringing of the new covenant at the cross, that forgiveness had come, that the Holy Spirit would be poured out. The final thing he said was, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. I love what Matthew 27 says. Earlier, Natalie shared a little bit of this passage, but I want to read it to you. It'll be on your screen. You can follow along. Matthew 27, verses 50 to 54. It kind of picks up with Jesus' last statement on the cross. And so, when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain or the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs broke open. Get this, the body of many holy people who had died and were raised to life, and they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Now, this is the first time I realize, recognize this as I'm reading this. It says, they waited until after Jesus was resurrected before they came out of those tombs. But can you imagine all that's going on in Jerusalem as tombs are coming open? Look at verse 54. When the centurion and those with him, this is a Roman guard, not a follower of Jesus. When he saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they all were terrified and exclaimed, surely he is the son of God. Now let that sink in. One of the first declarations of who Jesus really is, he's the son of God, he's Messiah, but he's God, is given by a not yet believer who soon becomes a believer. It's all happening at the cross. Now, 700 years earlier, Isaiah, who's a prophet, uh, foretelling of the future, says this in a very prophetic prayer in Isaiah 64.1. He says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. Listen to this. Jesus, right as he has come to planet Earth, he's just coming into his ministry. He's baptized. And, and listen to this description of Jesus' baptism. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending on him and a voice, a sound, a voice came out of heaven saying, you are my beloved son. In you, I'm well pleased. Now, I don't know if you've noticed all this. You can go back and look at this, but in those three passages, these words come up. The, the word torn, split, broken, broken open, rend the heavens, heavenly, heavens opening. Every one of those are the same words right there. They're saying there's become a breach between heaven and earth. Something's been torn open, torn open violently so that God enters into the very scene of mankind. His redemptive plan is, is fully in action here. And so, I love what Bill Johnson says in his book, Hosting the Presence, Unveiling Heaven's Agenda. He does a great job of saying, this is what the agenda of heaven is. He says, the veil in the temple, the rocks in all around Jerusalem, and the heavens all experience the same act of violence. They are signs, 
that make you wonder. You know, you, you think about signs and wonder. These signs cause you to wonder about the goodness of God, the bigness of God, the majesty of God. He, said, he continues, he says, they give witness that the king with a superior kingdom has come and taken charge, that the kingdom of God is now enacted upon planet earth. Now listen to this, the veil or the curtain in the temple is torn. God's no longer tied to the old covenant and the old covenant ways because the requirements of the law have been met fully and completely and accomplished in Jesus's once for all sacrifice on the cross. Well, what about the rocks? It says the rocks split. You know, I've been uh, planting some plants for my wife and, and I've, I've realized that there are rocks in San Marcos, Texas. Rocks are hard places. Rocks are the hardest places on earth. And what is happening here is these rocks are splitting, showing that they even bow to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What about the heavens opening? The heavens, the prince of the power of the air has no authority compared to Jesus's authority. Now here's the, here's the interesting thing. On the cross, the darkest hour in the history of mankind, it looks like Jesus has utterly failed. It looks like he's utterly defeated. But can I tell you, God is working behind the scenes in our darkest hours. My prayer is that we'll look back on COVID of 2020 and go, wow, thank you, God, for all the things you taught me internally and externally, things that, about the rhythms of my life, things about listening to you, things about being sensitive to you, things about the ways of your kingdom that I've totally been oblivious to, that I've just kind of rushed past. But I, I, I think the important thing here is that the prayer of Isaiah that, that God would come and rend the heavens and come down and the earth would tremble, it's fulfilled in this moment at the cross. There's an open heaven. You know, I kind of grew up in a time where we used to pray prayers like, oh God, the, the, the heavens are brassy. We, we need an open heaven in this area. We need, can I tell you, if if you have come to a place of recognizing what Jesus did on the cross and then what happens at Pentecost, you will recognize that we always have an open heaven. Always. The heavens are open because of what Jesus did. The heavens have been rended, to use Isaiah's language. They've been torn. They've been split. They've been opened for us. Now, you know, if we bear the name of Jesus and we bear the identity of Jesus on the right side of the cross, then we too get to walk in that same authority and power that Jesus had over darkness, that he had over the principalities and powers, that he had within the stream of society, his influence. You know, we have been in a series that is entitled Living on the Right Side of the Cross. This is the ultimate right side of the cross message because it's the very beginning of it and it shows what our power source is to live a new life in this new covenant, in this new relationship empowered by the Holy Spirit. So let's talk a little bit about this sound. Let's go back to the sound of heaven invading earth, the sound of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1, we learn actually from 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus, after the cross, appeared to 500 people. So there are 500 people in Jerusalem there that are followers of Jesus. 
And we, we learn that they are assembled and Jesus tells them, hey, you guys, I'm, he taught for 40 days on the kingdom of God. He says, listen, don't, don't leave Jerusalem until you've received the promise of the Holy Spirit that the Father has promised you. And so in Acts 1.8, the Father tells them or Jesus tells them, look, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're gonna be my witnesses in Jerusalem, here where we're at in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So what do they do? They form a prayer meeting and, and uh, after about 10 days, there's only 120 left. I don't know about you, but I've, I've often wondered what happened to the other 380 people, you know, that, that they, they started with there. You know, here's the deal. One thing the Lord said to me whenever I asked him that, God, what about the 380? He said, you know what? 380, the vast majority of people are not very good at waiting. 10 days of waiting. And then he asked me this question, how about you, Steve? How good are you at waiting? How well have you done, done, uh, done during this COVID-19 pandemic? Have you waited well? Because at the end of your waiting is gonna be something incredible that will be transformative in your life and in the life of others. So the culmination of that is Pentecost. It's Pentecost Day. In Acts chapter two, the first four verses, it says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place and suddenly a, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. It filled the whole house where they were sitting and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus had said before, you're gonna be baptized, you're gonna be saturated, you're gonna be immersed, you're gonna be pickled with the Holy Spirit. That's what's happening here. They're filled, they're overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit. And it says they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What's happening here? This, the sound of heaven. You have two realms that are colliding here. The, the, the kingdom, the heaven realm, the realm of heaven, and the realm of earth. They come together, and what happens? Noise happens. Sound happens. The roar of God happens with the invasion of heaven to earth. Now, you, you might also note that not only was there sound of this violent wind coming from heaven, there, there was also... 120 people whose heads caught on fire. You ever thought about that? That, that is probably something worth, worth noting. I think it got everybody's attention. This is what Bill Johnson says. He says, the sound carried a reality from heaven to earth. This, this heavenly sound transformed the atmosphere of a city um, over the city of Jerusalem. Wouldn't that be wonderful in our, in our city, in our region, that there would be a sound, the sound of a mighty rushing wind, the sound of God that would come in and would literally change the whole atmosphere of a city, of a region, of a nation, of a world. And that's what's happening here at Pentecost there in Jerusalem. It says, in a moment, Bill continues, in a moment it was transformed from the city that crucified Jesus to the city that wanted to know what must we do to be saved. Think about that. These are the very people who just 50 days earlier had perhaps participated in the crucifying of Jesus. 
And by the end of Peter's message, empowered, infused by the Spirit of God, after all these incredible manifestations of people speaking in tongues and praising God, their question is this. I love it. It says in, in, second, uh, in Acts 2, 37, the first part says that they were cut to the heart and they asked that question, what must we do now? What do we need to do now? Peter, Peter answers him. He says, well, you're going to have to change your whole way of thinking. You're going to have to repent and be baptized, be fully identified with Jesus in water. That's what baptism does. Now, how did all this happen? How did this sound from heaven occur? Why did this have such an impact? You know, I, I love watching the, the team up here leading us in worship, and I, I love listening to Bobby play the, the, what do you call that thing, the beatbox or whatever it's called there, you know, and, and I'm thinking, wow, there's a sound, there's a drive, there's a drum beat that is moving us somewhere, that's taking us somewhere. When the heavenly drum beat comes, you either get in line with it or you do like the people of that day. Some of them were amazed, some of them were perplexed, some of them mocked and made fun. But can I tell you, whenever the, when the drumbeat of God, when the sound of God comes, things are going to change. Can I tell you what? Things have already changed. The problem is we haven't realized it yet. That's what Pentecost means to us in 2020, is that the change has occurred. Now it's ours to embrace. It's ours to receive. It's ours to live out. And so I believe that God is releasing a sound today to those who have ears to hear. You know, the most often quoted statement by Jesus is this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And I believe that God is still saying that to us today. Are you hearing the new sound that's filling the airways today? What about the sounds of the good news? The good news that, that God is really good, that he's a good father, that he's really for us that he's not a mean, angry judge looking to smite a people for, for even the Son of Man did not come to be condemned, to, to, to condemn or to judge, but that through him we might be saved, we might be salvaged, we might be rescued, we might be sozoed. How about the sound of the new covenant of Jesus' blood and the power of his resurrection? How about the sound of an advancing kingdom where the kingdom of God is not shrieking away and shriveling and we're cowering until we get rescued, but we get to participate with God in what he's doing moving forward. What about the sound in the process of change in cities in a region, in our region? It's reaching into the most unlikely places how about cities that rose up to crucify Jesus that now become places that are saying, hey, what do we need to do to be saved? What about cities that their schools are primarily known as party schools that are now transforming their entire campuses because of what Jesus and the power of his spirit has done? What about a city that was once beaten down and poverty was the mindset, but is now become a generous, giving people that lifts the city to that same proportion. See, I believe that's what God wants to do today. I think he wants to totally change, transform our way of thinking, to repent, to align with his way of thinking, which is the goodness of God and the goodness of the good news. 
See, the presence of the Holy Spirit can literally destroy a spirit of murder, can take a Jerusalem that had murdered the Messiah and turn it into a people in love with him and the birthplace of the church. It can take a spirit of poverty in a city like San Marcos and turn it into a place of generosity. It can take the spirit of lust and turn it into love. It can take a spirit of indifference and apathy and turn it into a people that are passionately in love with Jesus, sharing his goodness everywhere we go. Now, there's a new sound, and that sound is the sound of harmony. You know, just a few weeks ago, we celebrated the National Day of Prayer, and it was so powerful to see people from churches and of all different types throughout our region coming together to pray in unity. See, unity is not uniformity. In fact, God loves our differences, our uniquenesses, because it puts him on display in ways infinitely greater than we could do in our own ways if we in our, left in our own ways. You know, I love what happens when 120 gather in an upper room and they begin to pray and they begin to walk in unity. The scripture says that 3,000 people hear and respond to that message and their lives are transformed. And daily, people are being added to the church. Daily, people are, are, are coming to the attractiveness and the winsomeness of Jesus. I just want to say this because there'll be some of you that'll say, but you didn't say anything about tongues. They were talking in tongues there, Steve. What about those tongues thing? Well, can I tell you, I don't think tongues is even the main issue here. They were hearing their own languages and, and tongues, I believe, is incredibly important, very important. I love tongues. I speak in tongues. It's very um, available and accessible to all people, but that's not the deal. The deal is, the baptism of the Spirit of God, the filling of the Holy Spirit of God is about power. Listen to this in Acts 1, 5 and verse 8 as well. It says, in a few days, Jesus speaking, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 50 days, 50 days that changed the world. What is it about? Well, it's about the forgiveness and the freedom that we experience in Jesus. What is it about? It's about the fullness of the Holy Spirit that lives in us and lives through us so that others can experience his power. You know, I, I, a lot of churches are contemplating uh, whether they should meet, whether they should gather, what that looks like. One of the great lessons of Pentecost is this. It's not about the temple as a gathering place. It's about individuals being the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's the message of Pentecost. And so whether we're in homes or whether you're driving, wherever you're at, can I tell you this? Because of what Jesus has done uh, through his life, his incarnation, his death, his burial, resurrection, his ascension and enthronement, and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Because of all of those things, we can live free, we can live forgiven, and we can live as the temples of the Holy Spirit. So in closing, I just want to say this. If, if you've not said yes to Jesus's once-for-all forgiveness of your sins, that happened on the cross. It was paid for and 
his resurrection power, then that's your starting place. And I would just encourage you to simply pray, Jesus, Jesus, I turn from my self-sufficiency and I receive your finished work on the cross. That's a finished work of forgiveness. So if, you, if, you, if you're in that position, just simply say, Jesus, I need you, help. I receive your forgiveness. But if maybe you're in this place, maybe you've not said yes to Jesus's freedom, freedom from old covenant rituals and rules and regulations, freedom from Satan and sin and death. And I tell you, Jesus came so that you would know him personally. So I would invite you to say yes to a personal relationship with Jesus that might include some of those things, but the main thing is Jesus. And I would just say simply pray this prayer, Jesus, I receive you now as my Savior and as my King. Finally, if you've said yes, not said yes to Jesus' fullness, the fullness of His Holy Spirit. Simply pray this. God, I, I acknowledge that what you did for me at Pentecost by pouring out your Spirit, that I am now the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in me. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I invite your power to come and bring a life in me and through me. In Jesus' name.